Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Thanks, Pastor. Appreciate it. Um, it's an honor to be here with you today, church. Uh, although, again, you're not like right in front of me, but I know you kind of are, uh, thanks to technology and all that stuff. And so I just I do want to say, uh, uh, you know, just just an honor to any time to uh, uh, bring the word. And I, I was, Pastor Jeff had asked me a couple months ago, like he said, to, to bring a, a word. And so as I uh, uh, began to pray over this, um, I really felt like God had just laid something on my heart. Um, but but then this week happened, and and uh, some of the, you know some of this craziness has been going on. And so I, I, there was something else that just came in my heart, and I'm, I'm going to just start there. And uh, Paxton just sang a song, The Great I Am, talking about the God that we serve. You know, when Moses went and he says, well, who do I tell them to send me? He said, tell them I am sent me. All right. Tell them that I am sent you. And that's who he is. I mean, he is, he is everything that we need him to be. And um, I, I was thinking about the power in his name. And when you look at the word, I mean, all throughout scripture, but I've got four scriptures here. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Uh, Psalm 91.14, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. And in Psalm 113, 1-3 says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. And in Psalm 124, right, it put it this way. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I want to just speak that truth over you right now before we even get to the message. Just speak that truth that if, if, if you're sitting there and, 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 and worry has got you bogged down or fear has entered in and crept itself into your life, Take shelter in the name of the Lord because that is where you're going to find uh, you're safe. That's where you can run to and be safe. That's where you're going to find shelter is in the name of the Lord. So don't be afraid to just run and, and, and to call upon his name because his name, as Paxton said earlier, it's, it's a name above every other name. There's no other name given unto a man whereby a man can be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. And his name is higher and higher than any other name that there ever will be. And so I just want to comfort you in that. But as we've been um, going through this time, I, I, I read a story several years ago that I thought would, is a perfect fit for today. And I'm, I'm going to share it with you. Um, and it goes like this. There was, a, there was a young family who lived in a very small town. And... Um, uh, mom and dad had two boys. These two boys were constantly getting in trouble, constantly causing mischief, constantly. I mean, they were the troublemakers of the town, you know? And the parents were just kind of at their wits end. They're like, I, 
I'm, I'm really lost at what we can do. We've tried everything. And so they went to their pastor and, and asked the pastor, said, Pastor, would you please just talk to our kids? And so the pastor said, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely talk to them, but I want to do it one at a time. That way, uh, you know, we're not getting stories mixed up and all that stuff. I, I just want to speak to them one at a time. And so, um, so he brought the younger one in, the younger brother in first. And and as, uh, you know, the, the young boy comes into the pastor's office, he, he sits down, the pastor welcomes him and all this stuff, and he says, hey, I, I've got a question for you. And he says, where is God? And, and uh, that little boy just stood there, and he just stared at him for a second, and like, kind of, kind of shrugged it off a little bit. And so the pastor came back to him and said, hey, I, I asked you a question. He said, where is God? And the boy just kind of froze in the chair and he's kind of gripping the, uh, you know, the handles of the chair and he's just, didn't, nothing would come out of his mouth. And by this time, the pastor's a little upset because he feels like the boy's just kind of being rebellious, you know? And so he gets right in his face. He says, I said, where is God? And at that moment, the boy jumped up out of his chair, took up running out of the pastor's office, ran all the way home, got to his bedroom, went to his closet and he hid there. And his older brother came in there. He said, man, what is going on with you? He said, man, we are in trouble now, big bro. God's missing, and they think we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of funny. And if you ain't laughing at that church, there's something wrong, okay? No, I'm just, it's kind of funny. But I, I wonder, though, have you ever had that question cross your mind? Where is God? Where is God in times like this? Where is God? Why doesn't he intervene? What, what is he doing, you know? Um, it, it can be confusing at times. It can be um, really, I mean, just trying to wrap your, your mind around it, it, it. It can definitely, you know, kind of cause some, like, whoa, there's some unsettledness in, in you, you know? And, and the one thing that I want to assure you of, church, is this, is that confusion comes from the enemy. Satan himself is the author of confusion. He is the master uh, deceptor. Uh, he, he's, he is constantly working. I mean, at, at all times of the day, it, throughout all of the rest of history, he will constantly be working to minimize who God is. He will constantly try to get you to see and, and really question about, and make you question about, is God really who he says he is, right? Mm -hmm. he'll, 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 he'll constantly try to bring that confusion in. And, and, and it, uh, it really, something that, that as you begin to think about that, the one thing that I, I want to challenge, I ask you, and I, I ask this question a lot of time to, to kids and to and, and just to people in general, just I ask them one question, I say, how big is God? How big is God? And it's amazing the answers you get back because the answers will be, well, I mean, you know, God's, he's, uh, he's bigger than the whole world. And uh, God, he's big enough to take care of everything that I need. And, you know, and, and so you hear all this. And, and, and I heard a pastor say this one time uh, uh, many years ago. And he said, God is only as big as your faith will allow him to be. And so I'm going to let that sit in for just a second, church, because think about that. God is only as big as your faith will allow him to be. So in my life, God could be pretty big, right? Depends on what kind of box I put him in, right? 
But yet, in Pastor Jeff's life, God could be even bigger, right? But in some other, somebody else's life who really doesn't, doesn't have much experience with him, he could be just right here in, in, in this small box. I guess so the, the, the better question to ask is not really how big is God, but how, how, how big is your faith? How, how, how big is your faith? Because you see, when your faith, the, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So when, when you are, when, when, when your faith, when you, when you are overflowing with faith, God in your life can be extremely big. He can be completely almighty in your life because your faith is strong. You see, when you, when, you, when you have that faith, when you've spent time with the Father and, 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 you, and you really know who he is, um, it, it, you get to know what his true nature is. You get to know uh, exactly, I mean, really what he's up to, where he's at. You, you kind of join in with him, you know. Romans 8, 28 puts it this way, and we know that in all things, God works to the good of those that love him who have been called according to his purpose. In all things. Guys, even through COVID-19, God is working yes. for your good. Amen. If you love him. God is working for your good. And so my question for you this morning is this, is, is do you know God? Do you truly know him? Do you know his nature? Do you know his character? Who do you say he is? His disciples, Jesus' disciples, were, were faced with this very same question. Uh, if you turn to Matthew chapter 16, uh, we'll start in verse 13. It, it, it puts it this way. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And his disciples replied, well, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or, or one of the prophets. But then Jesus got real personal with his disciples, church. He pointed right at them and he said, but what about you? Who do you say that I am? I think God might be looking at you right now during this time and asking you personally, who do you say I am? Because Peter, he answered real quick. He said, well, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. How do you think Peter knew that? It, it just didn't come to him, you know. It, it, Peter had spent time with Jesus. Peter had, 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 had been in the trenches with Jesus. He, he'd seen the miracles. He'd seen the love that Jesus had for people. He knew his character. He knew who he was. And so to Peter, it was definitely an easy answer. You are the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. You see, Peter had a true heart knowledge of who the father was. I know in my life, I've, I've had many times in my life where um, God has just, it's like my relationship with him has gone to another level. Uh, I, as y'all know, I, I was saved as, as a young boy. Um, but the majority of my life, I really didn't have, 
you know, like a, a, a Paul in my life who was, who was training up a Timothy, right? I, I didn't really have that. I, 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 I had really one person in my life who I, I really tried to model my life after, and that was my banny. And now I know you're like, what is a banny? <laughs> you know? Uh, a, said nanny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's because my cousin couldn't say granny that we came up with the word banny. And so banny was my grandmother. And like many of you, all of you have, have had a grandmother in your life or someone in your life, you know, a, a grandma. And so my grandmother was a banny. And so everyone needs a banny in their life, in my opinion. Because my Banny was the one who told me about Jesus. My Banny, I saw it in her walk and in her life that there was something about the way she lived her life that made me want to be like her. And so she would teach me these things about who Jesus was. And for the longest time in my life, and I'll I'll tell you guys, uh, from the time I was eight years old until I was in my 20s, I, my walk with God, my, my, my knowledge of God was more head knowledge than heart knowledge because my knowledge of God was everything that Banny had told me who he was. And I never really experienced him for myself, you know? And, and, it, and it took some time to really come to that realization of, and, and I'll tell you what happened. There, there was a time in my life where I was living in Childress, Texas, and I, I, I was there working for a, a company, and, I, and I'd, I'd been attending this church. And this church uh, I, it was just a little small group one night, and me and the pastor's wife kind of got into an argument. Imagine that, me getting in an argument with someone. But I'm not shy, and I, I, I went to tell her, and I was, she was sitting there telling stuff. I'm like, well, man, I'll tell you what. What we need to do is pray because prayer changes things. And she looked at me, and she says, well, where is that in the Bible? Hmm. I said, oh, it's there. Let me tell you, my banny told me that it's there. I'm telling you, the Bible says prayer changes things. And, and, uh, and she's like, well, okay, well, just tell me where, because I want to know where it says that. And as I began to look, and this is way before internet, okay? I could not Google, hey, where does the Bible say this, right? I had to go look it up. You know, and so I went in, and, and it's called a concordance, ladies and gentlemen, okay, if you remember those things, but I had to go in, I'm digging for it. The Bible, where does the Bible say? Prayer changes things, and I'm looking for everywhere. I got, I picked up the phone. I called my Banny. I said, Banny, you've told me my whole life that prayer changes things, but the Bible says that. I need to know where, because me and this pastor's wife, well, I want to prove her wrong. And, and what happened was, is, uh, I ate some humble pie because the Bible does not say prayer changes things. And it was finally, it was an, it was an, an opening in my, an awakening in my life that got me to thinking that, you know, I know a lot about Jesus right here, but I don't think I know anything of him right. All I knew him for right here was he was my savior. And I, I feel like, there's probably people out there right now who've gone to church their whole lives and, and that's the extent of their knowledge of God is, is it's, it's been, a, it's, it's, he's my savior. And there's so much more to God than, than just being your savior. Who do you say he is? You know, Peter had the encounters. We, like, like I told you, he was there. 
He saw the great many miracles that Jesus did, and so he was able to answer that question. And, and, and I can tell you, through life's experiences, that's, that's where we start beginning to, to see this heart knowledge. And, and even through this time right now, you know, the Bible says that God is the God most high. He's the creator and possessor of heaven and earth. Again, I'm going to go back to what Paxton said earlier. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In this time right now, will you know God? Will you say that he is God most high, the creator and possessor of heaven and earth? He's in control. I know you may not feel like that right now, but he's in control. He knows everything that's going on in your life. I promise you, he created you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. For the three guys up here, it's not very many of them. <laughs> but for you, he knows everything about you. He's the creator of, and possessor of heaven and earth. One, one of the hard things for me growing up was, you know, the Bible, we, we, at Christmas time, we sing, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, right? We sing about Emmanuel, God with us. I had a hard time believing that in my heart. Because my vision of God was he's this supernatural being sitting on his throne waiting for me to mess up so he can send down a lightning bolt and, and strike me dead anytime I messed up. So how could he be with me? Because honestly, he just, he's just waiting for me to mess up. And I had to come to a heart knowledge on that, that God is with us. He, he, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Mm -hmm. And, and that, was, that was a moment in my life that I'll never forget, y'all, because, you know, one of my biggest fears is being alone. I hate being alone. This right here stinks. Pastor said it earlier, all right? I miss seeing you guys. I miss high-fiving your kids. I miss announcing them coming in, you know, to, to kids' church. I, I, I miss that interaction. I, I hate being alone. And so knowing that God was with me and that he was never going to leave me for, nor forsake me, that, that became something that, that I, I grew into. God began to show me that. God began to show me that he was all-powerful, that he was all-sufficient, that he was, he was more than enough. As I could, I can, hopefully I can sit here and tell you today that, that if I lost everything today, it's okay because I have not lost him. He's more than enough. He began to show me that he's my provider and that he sees me. There's some of you right now who, who you, you, you're sitting out there and, and I don't know if you're trying to hide from him or you just don't think that he sees you and he sees what you're going through. But I'm here to tell you this morning, I know I, in my life I've experienced that he sees me. He sees right where I am and he provides my every need. And that's what he says is I, I shall, my God shall provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And then one of the big things that God did to me, he showed me that he was, he was my healer. You wanna know who God is to me? He's, he was my healer, both physically and, 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 and spiritually, really. Um, I, I, I'll just tell you, there, there was a time in my life, a very dark time in my life, y'all, that I looked at God and I told him that I was done with him. I told him that, now, 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 let me rephrase that a little bit. I, I told him, don't ever ask me to do another thing for you again, God. I'm tired of failing you. 
I'm a failure. And, and I, every time you've asked me to do something, I have failed at it and I'm tired. I can't live with the thought of failing you again. And I sat in a church, uh, and it took a while for me to go back to this church. I, I'd been hurt, and you know, Heather had asked me, she said, please just take me to this church. And, and, and finally, I gave in one Sunday morning. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, I'm so grateful. There was a, there, there was a verse in the Bible, and, 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 and I've been speaking this over you guys the last uh, few weeks, but there's a couple of verses in the Bible that, that, that really God used to heal me. And because as I sat there in that church, I, I just, something began to happen in my life and God began to show me who he really was. And at the end of each message, and, and as we were dismissing, uh, one of the pastors would get up and they would pray this blessing over us. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Those three verses right there hit me at a time in my life where I was, because I was lonely, man, and I, I, felt, I, I felt worthless. I felt like there was no reason that God would ever need to use me again. And as I sat there and I let his word just begin to sink in, he began to show me that, Mark, I am the God who heals you. I see you right where you are. Church, I want to tell you this morning that he sees you. Yeah. He, there's not a place on this earth that you can go to that he won't ever find you. Mm -hmm. He knows exactly what you're going through. Mm -hmm. He knows the fears that you're facing. He knows the disappointments that you have. Mm -hmm. He knows the anger that you have towards him because sometimes we get a little angry because we don't understand. And we've allowed the author of confusion to come in and, and twist our thoughts about who he really is. See, God is your peace in the storm. And I know we're going through a storm right now. And I want, I want to just encourage you this morning to run to the Father. I want to encourage you this morning to let him open your eyes to who he really is. That way, when, you, when you're confronted with that question, who do you say that I am? You'll be able to look at these experiences and say, I remember through this experience, you showed me who you were, God. And then that's a promise that you can live on forever and ever. He'll bring, he'll bring peace to, to the storm. He'll, he'll, he's gonna calm the seas. He's there for you. How is God trying to reveal himself to you today? Are you sitting there thinking that, uh, I don't know, maybe you're sitting there, you've never even really surrendered your life to him. And I just wonder, if that's the case, are you ready to make that surrender right now? Are you ready to take that next step and just say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I, 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 I so desperately need you to save me. I, I need you to forgive me of my sins. I'm tired of, of running from you, Lord, and I'm asking you right now to be the Lord of my life. Come in and save me. I believe, Lord, you sent your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. 
and that he rose again so so that I could have a relationship with you. Are you ready to make that surrender? Are you ready to ask the Holy Spirit to build into you a true heart knowledge of who he is? The great I am, y'all. The God who is everything. He's everything you need at all times. That's who he is. Who do you say he is this morning? I just want to pray with you, church, right now. And I'm telling you, God is wanting to, I feel like so much that during this time, it's, it's like our schedules have been wiped clean, you know? We've slowed down. There's nothing really distracting us much anymore. And I feel like during this time, God's just saying, hey, hey, I'm still here. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Cast your cares, your burdens upon me. I'll carry that for you. I'll show you who I am and who I want to be in your life. Will you allow him to do that, church? Pastor, you want to pray for us? Yes. Father, we... uh... Man, we're grateful for the time together. Grateful to be able to just take church and take it into our homes, bedrooms, living rooms, cars, places of work. God, I thank you for your word. Mark delivered a great word this morning, God. I pray that the scriptures, the word of God, man, it's just good medicine. Uh, God, I pray that that's honey. It drips over your life. Sweet, sweet honey. God, that you, that you would allow your church and your people to taste and see that you are good. You are good. And as Mark was sharing that, I, man, I just felt the Lord say, your say can become your way. My say can become my way. So today, I encourage you, church, be careful what you say. It might point your way. There's a lot of words we can say right now. I pray we say the name Jesus. I pray we say hope, provider, sustainer, giver of life, quencher of my thirst. If you're hungry, say you're hungry. He can feed you. If you're thirsty, say you're thirsty. He can water you. He is your bread of life. He can make you lie down in green pastures and lead you beside those quiet waters. And the Father, through the Holy Spirit, makes everything new, man. He grows everything. So in this time, just let him wrap you in your arms and hold you, hug you, assure you he's got you. He's got your kids. He's got your family. He's got your job. He's got your home. He's got your marriage. He's got your state. He's got your country. He's got your church. And fix your eyes on him. And don't take them off. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't be scared. Just trust in him. For his name is mighty. His name is Jesus. And there is no other. No other. In Christ's name.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.